Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we missed you. It's been a while. We had a whole month off. And today we're just catching up because I feel like we've had so much happen in the past month and we've read so much and we've watched so much. And so we're just going to talk about it. Yeah, it's funny because I talk to you every week anyway, but we're catching up for the public. (laughs) Well, we also haven't talked about some of this. I mean, some of it. We don't talk about books as much. Yeah. I feel like on, I did a couple of Q and A's while we were off air and people were like, do you miss Grace? And I was like, you know, I can still talk to her even when we don't have the podcast, right? We don't have to record every discussion we have. So yeah, it's not like we're like we're held apart because we don't have the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> but it's good We're to not see your face. I actually – I haven't seen you on Zoom. I haven't seen your face since yes. you've been on hi- hiatus. I haven't So that's either. a nice change. Yes. And I'm going to see your face next week. Yeah. When this episode is dropping, actually. We'll be together. We'll be together in New York. So catch me up. Where have you been? What have you been up to? What's your sitch? Oh, my gosh. I have been all over the place. So I was in Mexico at the beginning of the month. I didn't post about it, but I'm going to do a blog post about our trip. That was the glamping trip that I had told you all about. Well, you know all of this. And then I went to LA for like super quick, just a couple days for the 4th of July. Then I spent 10 days on Cape Cod with my family, which was the best. So much family time, just like, oh, so wonderful. Like I haven't seen my nephews since last September. We we had done like a COVID trip. We all drove to the Finger Lakes and went up there for a few days. But this was the first time we'd all been together for like a prolonged period of time with my parents. And that was so nice. I saw that they were very into playing doctor. Oh my gosh. The doctor, you guys, if you have to entertain kids for like a couple hours, literally – all you need is a roll of painter's tape and some paper towels and you can play like everyone. They all just wanted to have broken bones and have me fix them and make them cast. It was very funny. I will tell you that Zoe is so used to like having all of our undivided attention because she's an only child. I spend the most time with her because she, obviously she lives in Brooklyn and I used to live in Brooklyn. She had to get used to sharing the adults with my two nephews. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Zoe. Yeah. So that was super fun. And yeah, so I got back from Cape Cod, had a visitor, and then I'm home alone for a week right now. And then on Tuesday, I go to New York for six days. It's mostly work stuff, but also some fun and seeing you and seeing my aunt and my cousin. Oh, I want to come. Can I invite myself to that? I think so. I'm sure they'd love for you to join. You're gonna see me. You're gonna see me all three nights in a row. Then I don't mind. I want to see Sarah and Jean. Okay, uh, let me talk to Sarah. I'll text her after this. I mean, now I feel now I feel like a jerk that I just invited myself. But no, I, you're I not do want to come. They love you. I do want to come. Okay, I'm just writing this down so I remember. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I've just been all over the place because then when I get back from New York, I go to LA for. Four nights. And then I'm trying to figure out the rest of the month. Like, I mean, you have something you're talking about and I'm going to try and be there for that. And I might have a press trip for work. So I, I think that August is really the time to like not be in Charleston if you live there because it's so hot and so humid. So I feel lucky to be able to go other places. I'm so excited I get to see you so much. I know. What about you? Where have you, you've, you've just been in New York. I've been nowhere. I've been <laughs> nowhere. I, I didn't, book any trips until September because I was unsure what the COVID situation would be this spring. And I 
I just felt like I didn't have the emotional bandwidth to have to cancel a trip. I would just, I feel like I would be at emotional rock bottom if I got excited for a trip and then had to cancel it. But now with the Delta variant, I'm almost like, because I made all my travel plans, I'm, I have a, a few trips planned in September. I'm like, oh, we'll see. Yeah. So I am just staying in New York and I'm having, raging FOMO watching everyone else on the internet be on vacation. But I did take a little work vacation mid-month and I got some downtime and I rested. I mean, I didn't do anything. I just, you know, I took a week off outside of calls. So I had a few scheduled calls. It wasn't like a heavy week or anything. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just, I read during the day. I watched TV. I watched like all of Virgin River that week. I, Mm -hmm slept in. Like it was just nice to have a little bit of a uh, downtime. I hear that. So I feel like my cup is pretty full in terms of energy and it felt good to have a little break, but I didn't go anywhere. I was just here. I took a few days off after the family vacation because I mean, I had company here so like that made a difference, but also I just I needed to like do nothing after all the family time, like watch Virgin River, read books, like just slow down a little. You needed a vacation from your vacation. A vacation from your vacation. That's like the most first world spoiled brat thing to say, but it's true. Well what else has been going on? What else is new with you? So I'm starting to plan my 40th birthday, which is at the end of September, which I'm really excited about. My sister's moving here, which when does she when does she get there? In two or three days, when this drops, she'll she'll be living there. And I feel so bad, Becca, because I'm doing to her what my parents did to me. Remember when I moved and my parents conveniently just had social plans every night? Yeah, but at the same time, (laughs) they probably want time to settle in too. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to New York just as they get here. Like my sister was like, "Will you be around to like come help us?" And I was like, "No." When you get back, you can babysit Zoe for a night so they could go have a dinner or something. Yeah. I guess the other thing that I don't really talk about because I don't want a million questions about um, is I've been dating someone for like five months. It's not going to be part of my content though. So he lives in LA. That's why I go there. And then lastly, I'm working on some super fun product collaborations. Oh, I don't think I know about these. I think you do. Oh, I'm doing... A second collaboration with Nightire, which makes those amazing bamboo pajamas that I love. I'm working on something in the home space, which you know about. You saw the samples. Oh, yeah. I do know about this. I'm hoping the thing that's holding up my um, – whether I'm going to your birthday or not is the um, – there's a dream brand in the fashion space that I've been – well, Kristen's been talking to about a product collaboration. And it would be like bucket list stuff. I just I, – I don't know what's going on there. So if you're listening to this, like, cross your fingers for me. (laughs) I'll tell more as soon as I'm allowed. I think that's all that is new with me. Is there anything new with me otherwise? I don't know if there's anything new with you. I think you hit the basics. Yeah, I just I feel like my life is like very settled right now. I've really struggled when I first got here between missing New York and my friends and not feeling settled and then also just like dating someone who lives in a different state. Just a lot, but I feel really settled. I've gotten into like a slower groove, I think. Um, been spending a lot of time on at my pool, reading. My parents are still out of town. They stayed on Cape Cod e- like even longer than we did, and then they went to visit my sister, but they get back tomorrow, so I miss them, and I'm excited to see them this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
just like I feel so boring. I'm like, my life is good. It's slow. I'm happy. As long as you're happy. Yeah. We're going to rage next week in New York. Oh, I don't think I'm ready to rage per se. We have a 6.30 dinner. Like, And I feel like that's late. Yeah. You wanted to do a 5.30 dinner and I was like, I feel I like did. that's lame. I love an early dinner. You can be in that's bed by too nine. Early. It's I had a little a call too going early. until five. Yeah, I know. I've gotten. Th- I mean, everything down here also starts so early. Like tomorrow, I have plans at five. Are you going to ask me what's going on with me? No, this is all oh. about me. Okay. Well, I'll just go then. You can just. <laughs> no, let me ask you, Becca. What what is going on with you? I'm out of podcasting shape. I think. Well, we're we're getting back into it. We're finding our groove as we go. I'm kind of between projects work-wise, so we're in post-production for and we don't have our next project set up yet. There was a minute during this break where we were going to sell a Christmas show for this year, and then we backed out, basically. We just – there wasn't enough time. I feel like people are going to be really disappointed about that one. The good news is is that we have the idea and we have the pitch together for next year, but um, yeah, we – it just felt too tight to do it for this year. So we didn't get our act together in time. And then my other exciting thing is that I booked a trip for my birthday. I I don't know. I always feel really weird when I'm in the city and I'm like, I'm going to plan. And especially because I'm single. So it's like, you know, you have to plan your own birthday thing. And then it's like, I'm planning a dinner. Come celebrate me. So I guess instead I'm making fewer friends go on a trip to celebrate me. It somehow works out in my mind. Try planning your own 40th. It's like they. I was at the venue and I, I picked a venue and they're like, so who's who's this for? I was like, oh, it's for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I feel it's so like- pathetic. Like, but it is what it is. Like, and I don't know anyone in my life that would do it exactly the way I want it. So <laughs> there's also yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I booked a trip for my birthday and I'm so excited. Having a beach trip on the books is just making me so happy. So I guess that's my my major goings on. Yeah. Should we take a little bit of a break before we get into highs and lows and, and some of the other things we have to catch up on? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So as life gets back to normal, we have seen so many people we know contemplating big changes, experiencing newfound social anxiety, or just struggling with how we're supposed to get back to normal or normal-ish. So you've been hearing us talk about BetterHelp for the past few months, and maybe you're wondering, is BetterHelp right for me? First of all, we think BetterHelp is an awesome service for pretty much anyone, but specifically if you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who may be able to help. They make it really easy too. So here's how it works. You're going to go on and fill out a simple online questionnaire that's going to assess your needs. Then they will ask you about your age, relationship status, past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address. From there, they will match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. So fast. From there, you can then choose how you want to interact with them. You can message them anytime, no scheduling needed, or have phone or video sessions, whatever works best for you. And something we really love is that they also have counselors who are specialized in specific issues like stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, family conflict, LGBT matters, self-esteem, and more. You can tell from the list I gave you that it's pretty much anything you could think of. 
And all told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's great is that they're committed to facilitating great matches. So if your first therapist isn't a fit, they make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And anything you share is always confidential. And best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. So we want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash bad on paper. Join over a million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad on paper. So Grace, shall we get into some highs and lows? Yeah, let's do it. What are your highs from this month? I only I only put in a few. So first thing is my mini work break mid-month. I After we decided that we weren't going to sell the Christmas show, we'd kind of been in this limbo where it was like, ah, everything's going to get really busy. And I was like, oh, you know, if I have this downtime, I should take advantage of it. It's so stressful working for myself sometimes and not knowing what the next project is going to be. So I guess, you know, I feel slightly relaxed that I know there will be a next project even though I don't know what and when that is. Like so I was like I'm just going to take a week off instead of, you know, instead of sitting in front of the computer and doing the bare minimum and then feeling exhausted at the end of the day from doing nothing. I was like I'm just, you know, I'm going to take these calls that I have and other than that, like I'm just going to shut my computer and read a book or go on a walk or do whatever I want to do. I did and it was really nice and I'm I'm proud of myself that I gave myself the permission to do that. So that was lovely. And then my other big high is that we paid ourselves for the first time for rom-com pods, which is major. That's major. So if, you, if you're if you new or you haven't been keeping track, so last year, Rachel and I started rom-com pods during the pandemic, and we self-funded it. So all told, we put about $100,000 in between the two of us. And you know, even though we have advertisers on the most recent season, I think advertising paid for about half of it. So we're still putting in money to be able to produce it because, you know, the actors, the post-production, it's all really expensive. So it's so different from our podcast. <laughs> so different. It's so different. There's so many more people involved and it's it's really, really different. We have to pay for studio space, et cetera. So we've been paying for it this whole time. And with our new project that we sold to a network who've been wonderful to work with, and they're also financing the production costs. So our our first check that we got, it's divided into three payments. And our first check that we got went directly into the production for Showmance. So we didn't get any of that. And then the second check we got, and it was so exciting. We were, I, I felt like such a dork, but we got to pay ourselves. So I mean, I guess technically we're still not at break even, but it still just felt good to get, take money out instead of putting money in. Yeah, that's so big. So that's major. And then the third thing is I told you guys uh, before we went on our little hiatus, I'd been working on the script for a showman's TV pilot because we want to try to sell the most recent rom-com pods as a TV show. And without going into too much detail, there was like some hesitance about our abilities to write that because we've never written a script for TV before and and it was sounding like maybe the preference was to like just hand it over and then somebody else would take it over from there, kind of just like a baton pass. And I was like, no, I really want to do it. And so I wrote the script with Skylar, who is the lead actress and and will continue with us and, and be in the show. And we handed it in at the end of the month. And 
we got really amazing feedback on it from our agents and her managers and, and kind of all the people who are on our team. And they're all really excited about it, which makes me excited. So, you know, there's nothing nothing to tell yet. We have to go shop it now. But um, it just felt really good that I, I don't want to say to prove people wrong because I don't think that they're on our side, but that, you know, we were able to do this thing that we've never done before and do it well and get everyone's stamp of approval. So, yeah, that was a high, too. That's only natural, but also they just don't know you. I feel like you've just taught yourself how to write a scripted podcast. You've taught yourself how to do a, a TV pilot. Like, I don't know that there's well, anything but, you, you can't know, teach yourself. To, to be fair to them, I have never done it, so I get where their concerns are coming from. But it felt good yeah. to, to get everyone on board. Totally. I'm just saying you're very good at teaching yourself. I don't know. Like I think brand new careers. In startups for so long, my number one skill is just figuring shit out. I feel like, you know, I don't have a lot of hard skills that working in a startup taught me, but like figuring stuff out is a soft skill that I feel like I really mastered there. What about Absolutely. you? What are your highs from the month? You know, what you said about taking breaks really resonated with me. I like, I think that it's just such a thing when you're self employed and um, working for yourself. It's like, oh, there's just this constant like, what if? Like, what if this brand won't want to work with me? Or like, what if I say no to a project or like push something out and then I'm going to lose out? Like, I'm going to lose out on revenue or like, it's just like a scary thing. And so I'm always afraid to take breaks, especially with sponsored content and things. And I took a whole week off. I didn't run any ads on my channel. And it was fine. It was completely fine. Everything just got pushed out. None of my advertisers complained. They were like, good for you for taking a break. So I took a break, which was so nice. I'm getting better at taking breaks. I just think there's a mentality, which I think anyone who's self-employed can really relate to that like, it's like you have to be always doing the most and like pushing yourself. And I'm really glad that I took some time off because I just feel so much better. And I also feel proud of myself because I didn't even take a break when I moved here. <laughs> like I moved and then like launched an Amazon collection the next day. And then I had like all of my partnerships with Sephora. So I feel very happy about that. And then my other high is just that my sister's going to live here. And I'm going to get to see Zoe again every week and more that's, family that's time. That's so exciting. What about Lowe's? Yeah. Um, so Lowe's, I had just had this one really bad series of days where I was sitting on my couch working, which I try not to work from my couch, but sometimes I do it. And I spilled an entire, like an entire full mug of coffee all over my white, like linen couch. Luckily, I think it was like pre-treated for stains. So I got all of the coffee off like pretty quickly and easily. But then like literally four hours, I don't know what happened to Tyrion. Like I think he ate something bad or like I don't know what he did, but he had diarrhea for like two days and it was all in his fur and he dragged poop around into my bed and on the couch after I had just cleaned it. And so I feel like I was just like scrubbing out stains for like two days straight. And I was also worried about the cat. And then I was so tired the next day because I'd been up like giving the cat a bath and dealing with the cleanup that I was getting ready for a meeting and I put mascara in my eyebrows <laughs> instead of instead of brow gel. So that was a, a low. And then the other thing is just the heat wave. Like I've been getting out of town a lot because it's really hot. And I'll tell you, I don't mind the heat, but what I do mind is shooting photos in the heat because 
it is just so sweaty. And like by the time you've like usually I'll shoot like three or four outfits in an hour. But by the time you get back from shooting the first outfit, you're like so sweaty. Your hair is like all like like frizzy and matted down. Shooting in the heat is no joke. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. I mean, just going outside in the heat is no joke. Never mind somebody taking my picture of what I look like dripping with sweat. <laughs> yes, I had this campaign for a, um, a wine brand and it's they wanted it to be like outdoors and I was like you guys it's like a million degrees and I found this field and we shot it but like I was covered in burrs and like super sweaty because there was like all these little burrs in the grass that I didn't see <laughs> it was just like I, I was like I wish I could show the behind the scenes for this project because it looks like so aspirational and like I look rested and happy, but like the behind the scenes was like I was covered in like these little burrs. I was dripping sweat and like I was just like using the picnic blanket to like mop sweat off off my face. <laughs> How about you? Um, mine's mine's an annoyance, not a low. My low is that I just I feel like I'm playing the waiting game about a bunch of things work wise, and I am not a patient person, so that is very uh, trying for me. You know, with the showman's pilot, we're we're trying to coordinate a kickoff call with like, I don't know, like 15 people and everyone's on vacations and there's, you know, we can't find a schedule. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is just held up in a scheduling nightmare. So, you know, there's things like that. There's some other things that we have that we're pitching that, you know, we're, we're waiting to see where they land. And so waiting is not is not my favorite. And I'm trying to be patient about it. I, I do feel like I've gotten to the point with both my my marketing consulting work and with the scripted podcast stuff that I feel like I know that the work isn't going to dry up. It's just a matter of making sure we do the right thing and finding the right thing and when. But um, the waiting is testing me. Yeah, I hear that. I hate waiting. Yeah. That's how I feel about my schedule right now, just not knowing a few different work-related things. I'm like, this is holding up a lot of things and I don't like it. Yeah. But let's take a quick little break to talk about another sponsor. And this episode is also sponsored by Uncommon Goods. And Uncommon Goods is an online shop filled with unique, totally unexpected gifts, like truly original, amazing things that you're not going to find on any other site. Yes, Uncommon Goods is the best. You absolutely have to check it out for yourself. I also love that they're Brooklyn-based, and I'm always on the hunt for clever and interesting gifts, and Uncommon Goods is a great way to pick up something really creative and personal, especially for that couple that already has everything. Yes. We talk about them all the time, but right now my go-to section has been the housewarming gifts page. Um, It's just in the nav bar right under gifts. Um, there are so many good ideas. So I've had friends out here moving into new places and there's just so many great things. Like I love bringing alcohol or a nice candle, but sometimes it's fun to just be a little more creative. One thing I loved is they had an indoor s'mores kit, which I think is the best. I love s'mores, but I'm rarely camping, so I don't make them. Um, they also have a homemade limoncello kit. So really, any time that I feel stumped about what to get for someone, I'll head to Uncommon Goods, and I just always know that I'm going to find something really personal, unique, and fun. And I will also add that they have great gifts for kids. This is a very good way to up your cool auntie game if you are like me and maybe like you want to get the cool present, but you don't have any kids of your own, so it's hard to know what to get. 
the housewarming page is such a good idea. I have a friend who just moved, so I definitely need to check that out. But also, I'm a fan of shopping for myself at Uncommon Goods. They have such a fun selection of puzzles. I've gotten a lot of puzzles there. They have really cool kitchen gadgets that I haven't seen anywhere else and really fun craft kits. Oh, I love their craft kits. And then another really cool thing that they have is Uncommon Experiences. So you can choose from live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, or even embroidery. Each experience is taught by handpicked artists and experts. I thought that the mixology class sounded really cool. So it's 90 minutes long and you learn how to make simple syrups plus three craft cocktails. Ooh. And we love that Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice, and they've donated more than $2 million to date. So to get 15% off your next gifts, go to uncommongoods.com slash BOP. That's uncommongoods.com slash BOP for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, they're all out of the ordinary. So... For the rest of this episode, we wanted to catch up on what we missed over um, the past month and and talk about the books that we've read, the TV that we've been watching, and any obsessions that have come up in the interim. So it's kind of just going to be like a big end matter episode a little bit. Yes. Um, We're going to talk about books first. So I thought it would be fun for us to talk through the three books that we both read. Um, and then move into the individual books that we read. Yeah. So the first one that we both read, you kind of read. You DNF'd this one. Um, I did. Was all, I'm sorry. It's okay. Was all. I thought it was going to be a book club pick. <laughs> I had high expectations. I, I understand why you didn't like it. So the first book, let me tell people what the book is. So the book is <laughs> Olive by Emma Gannon. And... I don't know where I saw this book recommended. Maybe in our Facebook group. I'm I'm not positive, but it's written by a woman who is also a podcast host. She hosts a podcast called Control Alt Delete. And um wait, I've heard of that podcast. I don't know how. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sidebar. Um and she I think this is her first fiction book. She's written a nonfiction book before. And the premise of the book is basically it's she's British. It's it's a British contemporary book. And it's about a woman who is in her 30s and doesn't want to have children. And all of her best friends, who she's been friends with, you know, since childhood and, and college, um, have all gotten into the phase of their life where they're all trying to have kids or do have kids. And so she's kind of like the odd odd man out and and trying to reconcile her feelings. I I see what you mean. I ended up being I would probably give this book a B, maybe a B minus. I thought it was so interesting because I was I was thinking about it and I don't think that I've ever read a book where kind of the central storyline is about a woman who doesn't want children. I've certainly read books with characters who don't want children as like an aside. This is just like a factoid about them. But I've never read a book about that. And I feel like there's been so much conversation in the zeitgeist recently. And, and, you know, maybe that's just my corner of the internet. But I know last year, like you had a really big post about not wanting kids. I know Be There in Five and Girls Gotta Eat just did episodes about it. Like I just feel like it's something that is kind of, I don't know, very topical 
And, you know, certainly as somebody who I'm fairly certain I don't want kids, you know, it was nice to see that represented. So I was very intrigued by like the premise of the book. Um, and I, I was too. And I did think that the book was well written. But I think your problem with it, which I don't disagree with, is that there wasn't a ton of plot. Yeah. So something I realized about myself is that even if the writing is amazing, if it's not very plotty, I'm probably not going to enjoy a book. Um, I also have – I feel like a lot of British chiclet is very – like the writing style is very flowery and it's very chatty. And I don't like that. I tend to like books that are written a little bit more directly. Oh, I do like a chatty book. I think the problem yeah. to like kind of analyze it from a more structural standpoint was that this woman at the beginning of the book went in – she just broke up with her boyfriend because she didn't want children. And her, her kind of arc was just becoming more comfortable with that decision. But like nothing really changed that much. Like there wasn't – so you got to see her with her friends. But then – like, there wasn't really, like, a central – there wasn't a pivotal change for her, which I get. Like, it's hard to write a book about because you don't want to be, like, she thought she didn't want kids and then she realized that she did. Like, that would be – Yeah. That would undermine the the topic of the book. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean, that it wasn't – it wasn't really propulsive. It just kept putting me to sleep and I felt like it was – some similar to some other books that I've disliked. And I was like, I'm, I have a whole pile of books to read on vacation and I'm not going to keep going. It's if I hadn't been on vacation, I might've been more likely to keep going, but I felt like I was like on vacation and only wanted to do things I really enjoy. Sure. It's really funny because, you know, Delicious by Ruth Reichel that we read as one of our book club picks. Yes. I think a lot of people's complaints about that book, not necessarily in our audience, just on like Goodreads or in general, was like, there was too much plot, and you and I both loved that book. Like, I know, like there was too much plot. Like, I didn't, I didn't even realize it until we tried to discuss it and give like a plot summary. I was like, holy shit, a lot happens in this book. Yeah, but just as a book to read, I was like, the first time I read it, you know, not to outline it, not to discuss it, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed this, and it is a very plot heavy book. I think also like, I will read like thrillers that are so poorly written, but because they're really plotty and like a lot happens, like I enjoy them. That makes sense. Whereas I I could read something really like brilliantly written and literary and get bored. That's interesting. I'm just being honest. You did like Sally Rooney's, uh, you did like Normal People, which I feel like is- Oh, I loved it. You know, really beautiful writing, but like not particularly plotty. It's more relationshipy. Yeah, but a lot of it happened in those relationships and it was set over like a long period of time. So in it stuff did happen. Okay. I don't know. It, it that one I I loved that book, but I can I could see someone saying that a lot happened. So that was the first book that we read that we overlapped on. I was I don't want to say I was negative because I I do really like that it existed and I I think I appreciate that the author tackled this topic matter, but it was you know, I, I guess it depends where in, in your life you are with this decision. If you're somebody who doesn't have any friends who don't want kids and are really looking to feel seen in that, like, I think this book might be great for you. Yes. Listener, not you, Grace. Yes. What about the next one? So we are both currently reading, I think, While We Are Dating by Jasmine Guillory. Did you finish it? I'm still, I'm, I'm probably like 100 pages in. I have like 30 pages left. I'll probably, I'll I'll definitely finish it tonight. 
And I'm enjoying that. I feel like Jasmine Guillory kind of has a like a formula and all her books are kind of similar, but they they're still like really fun to read and just really satisfying. So I I I always feel so weird about having any critical feedback for authors publicly, especially as I embark on writing a book too, because I, you know, I wouldn't yeah. feel great if somebody went on their podcast and said not so great things about me who had a large book buying audience. So yeah, I don't know. I just I feel weird saying this. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. So first of all, I'm ready for her to graduate from this series. I feel like I've read every book in the series and I've really loved them all. But I'm kind of a little bored with this like group of characters and I, I kind of want her to move on. So I like this one. I think I like this one slightly less than Party of Two, which I I think was my favorite in that in the series. Party of Two is my favorite. Too. But I do like this one. And you know me. I like anything. This is about Theo's brother, Ben. And Theo was the one from the wedding party. And um, he ends up – he's a executive at an ad agency. And he ends up dating this woman who's a celebrity who's like part of the ad campaign that they're putting together. And so you know I like anything that's like celebrity meets a normal celebrity person. Celebrity dating yeah. a non-celebrity. That's one of my – I don't read a lot of romance, but I do love that trope yeah. a lot. I'm almost done with it. They always have this romance that is like impossible, like that they know is going to be short-lived and then they realize it can work. I mean, they're all yeah. – they're very formulaic. And then the last book that we overlapped on, I guess we'll we'll give you a, a sneak preview because it's going to be our book club book for uh, August is we both read Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Amide. And this book came up in our Facebook group. Somebody just posted and uh, tagged us both. And they were like, hey, I think I think you guys would like this. Um, and it the description was really, really intriguing. And I was looking for – I'd posted like the weekend before that I was looking for a teens behaving badly book. So this really like checked the box for me. It is YA, but it's not Y-A-E-Y-A, if that makes sense. And so I would say two things. I would say, first of all, your best knowing as little as possible going into it. Yes. But if and if you don't want to know anything, just skip 15 seconds. But if you do want like a little taste of what you're going to get, I would basically say it's Gossip Girl meets Get Out. And oh, it was so good. It was one of the best YA books I've read in a long time. That's the perfect way to describe it. Gossip Girl meets Get Out. I loved this book. I loved the characters. I loved everything about it. I, I loved the plot. I just felt like it went like a little off the rails at one point and I was like so there for it. Like can't recommend this one enough. I'm so excited to talk about it. I also was reading the author's note at the end. I'm so impressed that the author started writing it when she was a freshman in college. And um, at time of publication, she was a senior in college. So I'm also just so impressed because I was just like a piece of shit waste of space in college. And this girl wrote this incredible book during her college years. I'm just so impressed. Fun. Yeah. So those are our overlapping ones, but it looks like you have – you have a ton of other ones that you read. How are you going to do this? I read a lot because I was on airplanes and also on vacation like a lot of this month. I'm going to try and go quickly. Like I'll okay. give you like a little one-liner about each of the books I read. So first we'll talk about thrillers, which is my favorite genre. I read – in addition to what we read, I read seven other thrillers. Oh, my God. So you – really, You really treated yourself to some murder. I did. And it felt great. So I started with 
The First Day of Spring by Nancy Tucker. And this was recommended to me because I loved The Push so much, which you guys have to read The Push if you haven't read it yet. But this is by Nancy Tucker. It starts out super, super dark. So major trigger warning right from the beginning. A little girl um, murders a baby. Oh. Yeah. But it gets better. And I have to tell you, it like kind of had a heartwarming ending. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. Did you it. like it as much as The Push? No, no. Okay, I mean, but you The Push it. was like an A+. plus. It's like comparing pretty much any thriller to like Verity. Okay. Okay. The other one that I read and absolutely loved is called Imposter Syndrome by Kathy Wang. And I loved this. I think you would actually really enjoy this one, even though it's a thriller, because it does take place in that whole like startup tech world culture in San Francisco. You but know I like anything like that. It involves a Russian spy, too. Ooh. So it's like spies meet startups, and I loved that one. Like I could totally be into that. Couldn't put it down. The next one I think you actually might like, too. Um, it's called The Maidens by Alex Michalides, and he is the author of The Silent Patient, which I absolutely loved. I did not love this as much as The Silent Patient, but this is a thriller set at Cambridge. And there's really, really interesting references to Greek mythology throughout. And the plot definitely kept me on my toes. And Becca, I think you might like it because there is a secret society. Is that like the central plot? Or it just like kind of, there's it in the background? I just like part of it. It's like a big part of it, not the central Oh, plot. I'm going to have to read this one too. I'm such a sucker. I mean, like the three things that will like always get me are startup culture, celebrity meets normal person, and secret society. Like if we could throw all three of those into a book, oh my God, I would be What about rich unsupervised teens? I feel like those are like all things. Oh, that we also like. that's the fourth, rich unsupervised teens. I need to figure out how to mash those all together into a book and I will I don't know if I'll be Rich, but at least I'll be really happy. I'll be happy too. Oh my too. God, I would be so happy. See, those are all areas that overlap with us. Like we have definitely different taste in books, but that's those are all areas, big areas of overlap. I also wouldn't mind if somebody there was into magic. Yeah, yeah. This book is, is uh, <laughs> I'm writing this down, Grace. You keep going. I'm going to write down my, my five topics and see how I can roll them together into a book. A famous magician meets a non-famous... <laughs> Person. Rich unsupervised teen <laughs> in a secret society. <laughs> and then they form a startup together. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. What if this startup is a front for magic? Yes. Oh, my God. You have a book. I, I feel like getting the teen in there is going to be really hard. Maybe somebody needs to have a teen child who gets involved with magic. We'll find, We'll figure it out. On vacation, I read The Hunting Wives by May Cobb, and I got to tell you, this is going to sound wild, but I was really put off by how much they drank because, you know, I, I like a cocktail. I felt hungover reading this book. Okay. So I read this book too, but I DNF'd it halfway through. That was the I, right move. I strongly disliked everyone, and I felt like I knew where it was going, and I was like, you all deserve whatever happens to you. I strongly disliked everyone. I um, I read it and it was like they. I didn't guess the ending, but um, eh, there were so many great thrillers and books out there. I think people can skip it. I saw a lot of buzz for this one too, which is why I picked it up. It had a great yeah, cover. It did have a great cover. The next one is another – we're still on thrillers, obviously – is One by One by Ruth Ware. And Ruth Ware is one of my favorites. She wrote The Woman in Cabin 10 – um, this one is also about a startup. 
It takes place in the French Alps at a ski chalet. There is an avalanche and some murder, just some casual murder. And I loved this because it had, I can't, I don't want to, um, I can't say too much, but the structure, the way they structured the book is totally different than like any other thriller I've read so far. So I really, really enjoyed this one. Okay. And then I read They'll Never Catch Us by Jessica Goodman. And Jessica has become kind of a friend. She, when I did that piece for Cosmo, she was my editor and she writes really great YA um, thrillers. I forget what the other, oh, I think I forget the other book she wrote, but I love that one too. This one is about a cross-country team, which you know I ran competitively all through high school and part of college. So I really enjoyed this because she captured like running culture so well. Like running – like being on the cross-country or track team in high school like was just all-consuming. It took over my life. I loved it. It was like my favorite – it was the best thing ever when I was in high school. But um, she captured that so well. It's about two sisters and – one of their friends goes missing, and it's kind of like the mystery of what happened to her. Ooh. And then last, this is so many books. Last, The last thriller that I read, I just finished the other night, was called The Girl in the Mirror by Rose Carlyle. And this is about twin sisters. You might actually like this one. I love something about twins. And one twin is like they're both – they're mirror twins. One twin is though perceived as more beautiful. She's like always had an easier life. Everything just kind of comes naturally to her. Um, she's like always very happy. Whereas the other twin is like a little bit more snarky and um, just like a little more cynical. And um, the two of them end up going on this – like taking one of their yachts like as one does sure. from, from Phuket over to the Seychelles. And the happy twin – something happens to her and the sad twin, we'll just call her the sad twin is left in the middle of the ocean and has the option to decide whether she's going to try and take over the happy twins life. Like her charming husband, she has a lot of money. It was kind of interesting. It was interesting. For some reason I didn't love it. Like I thought that the plot had like such potential, like it could have been a better book. It wasn't that well written. Okay. I'm going to try and keep this quick. I read one historical fiction book. I read Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, which everyone has told me to read. This one, it's amazing. Um, it's it's definitely a longer book, but it is set um, between Korea and Japan, kind of around the time of World War II, like both before and after, like this poor family. And one of the like the daughter of these two really hardworking but poor parents gets accidentally pregnant. And then this um, really kind minister volunteers to marry her to kind of save her dignity. And then it's just this like kind of epic saga of the of the family as they move to Japan and what happens during World War II and like recovery afterward. It It was wonderful. I really, really, really enjoyed this and would highly recommend it. Then um, I finally read, this was also on vacation, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, which- What did you think? I thought it was adorable. It was just a fun book. So this is the um, oh, the gay romance. That's like one of my all-time faves. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. This was, um, imagine if the first son was gay and got together with the prince, the prince of England, and what would happen there. So it was it was just like a fun, um, really well-written, like great little romance. And I don't think I've read very many gay romances, so I enjoyed it. And then, oh my God, nonfiction. 
Two more books to talk about very quickly. Like I'm getting tired. The Third Door by Alex Benayan, which I put all over my Instagram. This is really, I thought this book was really interesting. So he wrote this book like when he was quite young. He was in college and basically (laughs) the night of his midterms, he decided to hack the prices right to, and with that money, and he ended up winning. He was like, very smart. And then he took the money to go on this epic quest to interview the um, like the, some of the world's most successful people. And the whole metaphor of the third door is that in life and like at a night, life is kind of like a nightclub. So there you can wait in line like everyone. You can, if you're, you're really rich or privileged, you can walk right in the door or you can be scrappy and figure out the third door and like work your way in, like kind of clawing your way to the top. So I enjoyed this book. There's some great interviews with really successful people. There's also his story of how he got to interview some of these people. I thought it was great. And then lastly, I'm still reading this, but it's a book about kind of marketing and branding and it's called Obsessed. And it's by Emily Hayward, who is the founder of Red Antler. And Red Antler kind of does all of the branding and marketing for the big startups. And she's someone I really respect. And I'm like learning a lot from it. Part of it is kind of like a refresher on all the brand management stuff I learned when I was at PNG. Like they would like fly us to Cincinnati for like trainings and like marketing workshops. But a lot of it's new to me. And I, I think it's just like such a good book to read as you if you have a brand, even if it's just a personal brand. So altogether, you read 15 books on the hiatus, if I'm counting correctly. So that sounds right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and you also traveled so much. I'm like, I'm impressed that you you got so much reading. Well, in. on the Cape, I was like a book a day and I had a few different flights. So I read a lot. I pretty much read the entire flights and I really didn't. I worked a lot this month, but I like took a step back. Like I didn't work the way that I usually do. Yeah. I only have three that I read outside of the ones that we both read in common. So the first one I read was Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which I highly, highly recommend. It's a romance. It's a second chance love story about two writers. It also deals with – there's a plot line around one of the characters deals with chronic illness and like invisible illness. And there are some trigger warnings for self-harm and addiction, but I loved this book. It was – it had – okay. So I'm going to say I get asked once a week if somebody's like, I read the idea of you. What should I read next? I never have a good answer. I think this could be the answer. It is not the same. It is very different. It is not the same. However, in common with The Idea of You, it's very well written. It has that in common. It also has this kind of like doomed romance angle of like, how can we be together? And it deals with a woman who is, she's a um, romance author. The character is a romance author as well. And she's like, a very put together woman with a teen daughter. So there's also that like motherhood and she's like, you know, she's not a messy romance protagonist where her life is like a mess. Like she's pretty together. Yeah. So I liked this a lot. I really, 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 really liked it. I highly recommend it. Something about it too. I, I, I didn't read it because the cover doesn't look, the cover is black and white and it looks like it's going to be a more serious book than it is. Um, So I kind of wrote it off at first due to that. But I really liked this one. 
The second one I read was something that I heard Tia Williams, who is the author of the first book, recommend on another podcast. She was on Forever 35, and she recommended this book. And it's called The View Was Exhausting by Michaela Clements and Anjali Datta. And these two women are wives, and they co-wrote the book together, which I think is very interesting. And it is a book about a very famous um, actress who is having a fake PR romance with a, like, a very newsy, famous-for-nothing heir to, like, a hotel fortune. And they've been having this, like, PR romance for on and off for years and years and years. And they come back into each other's lives, and she has, like, real feelings for him. It was very good. I really, really enjoyed this one. I will say... And I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I don't think that English is the author's first language. I think they're German, and I, I think that English is their second language. And it is very well written, but there are just, like, a couple of, like, there's certain times where you'll, like, read something and you'll be like, huh, like, that's not, that doesn't quite flow. So it didn't take me out of it. It didn't ruin it for me at all. But, like, I'll just flag that in case. I feel like Rachel's a really snobby reader about, like, if something is not well written, she won't read it. So I'm just flagging that. But I really enjoyed this one. And then my last book I enjoyed less. So I read One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, which is the same author as The Red, White, and Royal Blue. This is her second book. And I had such high hopes for it. And I didn't love it. And I do not have any way to tell you that I didn't love it without spoiling the plot. So if you read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I talked about this on Instagram, and a lot of people DM'd me to say they felt the same way. Um, It just, like, it takes a turn maybe a third of the way through that I I wasn't super there for. It was incredibly well-written and the characters were so well-developed and it was like about a girl who's moves to Bushwick, I think Bushwick or Bed-Stuy, somewhere in Brooklyn, and is in her like early 20s and it's like such a good portrayal of like early 20s life in like on the cheap in Brooklyn. And I really liked that part and I had really high hopes for it in the beginning and then it just kind of went off the rails for me in a way that I... I stuck with it. It wasn't like a DNF, but I was like, this isn't for me. Gotcha. So that was disappointing. So that's all I read. I read six books, which I thought was a pretty good upgrade from uh, June where I only read two. But I certainly didn't read 15. Yeah. I mean, I was basically on vacation for half the month. So So let's take a really quick ad break before we talk about TV. So today's episode is also brought to you by Harper Wild. So I have completely embraced the lounge life during quarantine. My daily uniform has become bike shorts and an oversized t-shirt. And as life gets back to normal, I am definitely bringing the lounge life with me. I'm not ready to let it go. And I know that I can still be comfortable in a bra thanks to Harper Wild. So Harper Wild makes bras that put comfort first. The bra that I wear the most from them is the base bra. It's a lightly lined everyday bra that comes in a range of nude shades and won't show through even the thinnest t-shirt. And two of my favorite things about this bra, other than the comfort, of course, is that first, it has straps that adjust in the front, which is just so genius. Why aren't all bras like this? And then second, it has a hook and eye closure in the back that clips together the straps so you could wear it as a regular bra or a racer back bra. So it's basically two in one. And then their other signature bra is called the Bliss, and it's a bralette which provides lift while still feeling like second skin. And I always thought that my boobs were too big to get in on the bralette trend, but this bra has definitely debunked that theory. 
So with Harper Wild, you can always count on buttery fabrics, thoughtful construction, and all-day comfort. Plus, with their easy interactive fit quiz, beautifully priced bundles, and free returns, they've made bra shopping completely painless. And part of their proceeds provide mentorship for girls through their partnership with Girls, Inc. Stay in your comfort zone. Go to harperwild.com BOP today so you can get 20% off your first purchase. Because the only thing better than a comfortable bra is getting a discount just for being a bad on paper listener. That's 20% off at harperwild.com slash B-O-P, and wild is spelled W-I-L-D-E, harperwild.com slash B-O-P. All right, Grace, let's talk about TV. We are truly in a golden age of TV right now. I feel like everything all at once came back in July. I have been in a TV happy place. Yeah, same. What are What's your favorite thing on TV right now? I mean, I think my favorite thing that I watched over the break was Never Have I Ever season two. I think that was the best thing. Virgin River, we've discussed this. Like, it's terrible, but I'm addicted to it. Yeah. So it was, like, very exciting to have it back. But, like, would I say it's the best thing? No. Yeah. It's terrible. Wait, funny thing to tell you (laughs) about Virgin River. So I put it on my Instagram story and – Later that night, I was catching up with my boyfriend, and he was like, so I watched that show that you recommended. Oh, my God. I was like, no. Like, don't watch that. Like, that's not for you. He's like, yeah, it was pretty bad. So then I, like, told him to watch Lupin, and we've been watching that together. But um, How much did he watch of Virgin River? Too much. Like, he was doing work in the background, so he just, like, threw it on, and he was, he like, he's on West Coast time, so he was up late. He had he watched like several hours of it. Oh wow! I was like, I, like that's not for you. Like this is my like bad TV that I watch. Like as also as background noise, but also just to like soothe myself. I mean, who knows? Maybe he. I mean, you're not saying that that you love it either. So he he could have been into it. Yeah, he was just like he's like I get what you you meant. Like he's very like open minded and like very funny. But I was just like, no, like that's not a show for you. Oh man, let's let's go. Should let's go, go kind of item by item because okay. I feel like we have we have a lot to talk about. So the the thing that I'm most excited to talk about is the new Gossip Girl. Me too. I don't think it's the best, but it's the thing I'm most excited to talk about. I'm loving it, but I have to tell you, I've really are you. I well, yes and no. <laughs> I'm enjoying it because it, they're like pu- only putting one out at a, one a week out, so like I have something to look forward to. But um, okay. I love the sister dynamic. I think that that is great. I have a real issue with the teachers being gossip girl. Oh, I don't mind that. So I actually think I appreciate that right up front they said who was gossip girl because I think one of the things that the original gossip girl series got so wrong is that they waited too long and I I assume they didn't know who Gossip Girl was. And at the end, they kind of had to arbitrarily pick who was Gossip Girl and it like didn't make sense. I agree. And so it was like – you know, it was just an unfulfilling ending. So I think it was really smart that they put who Gossip Girl was right up front. Yeah. I agree. It's really morally shady that it's the teachers. I have to assume, knowing the original Gossip Girl, that like the control will get wrested out of their hands before the end of the first season and they will not stay Gossip Girl. But I think it's an interesting inroad. Like if I had to guess, I assume that they will have like a crisis of conscience and like stop using it and then somebody will like hack it and take it over and then they'll be like oh my god we started this monster it has all this followers 
somebody else's Gossip Girl, but we can't do anything about it without telling people that we started it to begin with. Yes. I assume. I think you're right. So I didn't I didn't mind it. And I actually really like Tavi Gevinson's character. Me too. Me too. I like her character and I think she's also a really great actress. I know. I was so impressed. I was like, Tavi, like you have a career in film ahead of you, I think. Yeah. Another little random sidebar. Did you know that the blonde girl's mother is played by Laura Benanti, who is Quinn in Younger? I did know that. I do have eyes. I was watching her and I was like, she looks so familiar. But with bangs, she looked kind of different. And so I looked it up. I was like, oh, my God, it's Quinn. <laughs> I love that that surprised you so much. Yeah. She's just, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, about she that. just is so different. Her personality and her hair is so different in, that I didn't put two and two together immediately. Um, I'm excited to see where it's going. I thought the first episode was pretty good. I thought the second episode was hot trash. I thought the second episode was trash. I just, I didn't care. It took me so long to watch because I kept pausing it and like doing things on my phone. I did the same thing. I had to rewatch it twice. And then the third one I thought was pretty good. So I'm hoping that the second one was the outlier. There's a fourth one out now, but as of when the episode drops, but we it ha- in real life, it hasn't come out yet. So we don't know if the fourth one is good or not. You'll know. Yeah. I liked the third one a lot. I'm into... My biggest problem is that the main character, Jules, is the character I'm least into. I'm into her sister. I'm into pretty much everyone else, but I really don't care about her. She's so wishy-washy. Yeah, she is. She's like, I want my sister. And then she's like, oh, I hate my sister. And she's like, I want to be an influencer. I don't want to be an influencer. It's like, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that that is kind of representative of what it's like to be a teen. But like, I just, I don't understand her character yet. And I, I feel like I don't like her. I'm very intrigued by Chuck Bass 2.0, the blonde girl who's Blair 2.0. I'm, like, interested in what's going to happen there. The younger sister, I, I like the younger sister. Love the younger sister. I don't sister. really care about new um, Dan Humphrey, the um, Obi. I don't care about him, but that's fine. I liked the parent drama that we kind of got into in the third episode. Like, it's coming together. Like, I think it'll be... I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes, it is coming together. And I'm I'm liking the clothes. Like I think that the oh, yeah. the fashion is great. Yeah. And I'm just excited I don't have any teen shows right now. Yeah. So it's filling a void for me. I agree. I don't know that it'll go down as the cult classic that original Gossip Girl was, but I hope I hope it gets there. Yeah. What did you think of Virgin River? Eh. It wasn't good. I just couldn't look away. Oh, I was very fulfilled by it. Like I was, you know, I know on season three, I've come to expect it to not be that good. But it like checked all the boxes for me. Like I thought for Virgin River, it was a good season. Yeah. No, I will. I'll give you that. It's not it's just not a great show, but I can't look away. Sure. Yeah. No, I was um, a little surprised that there wasn't more to do with the pot farm. Yeah. Like that plot line kind of went away. And then also... Charmaine's pregnancy was ridiculous. Like, at one point, she was, like, at least five months pregnant with twins and, like, not showing. Yes. Well, And then, like, at another point, it seemed like it fast-forwarded past their birth where she was, like, talking to Jack about something. And it was, like, and like as if the twins had been born. And it was, like, you haven't had these babies yet? Yeah. It was – that plot line was very confusing. Okay. Did you watch the new season of Lupin? Oh, I didn't realize there was a new season. Yeah. Or it's part two, I guess. I was curious why this was on here. No, I didn't realize there was. I didn't finish the first uh, the first one, to be honest with okay, you. Okay. I... Not because I didn't like like it, but um, 
I don't know. I think I just watched like two and then I kind of fell yeah. off. No, I love this one. There is such a good um, – there's like a part where your heart just breaks and like I I thought I was going to cry and then it it was okay. But um, this is great. I love it. For anyone who hasn't um, watched Lupin before, it's kind of a thriller with like – there's like a con man and there's an art heist and there's just like – it's like it checks a lot of boxes for me. Plus, it's set in Paris, so you get a little bit of wanderlust in there. Um, and I really enjoyed part two, but I think there's going to be a part three because it ends with a cliffhanger. So, um, quite excited for part three. You know, the other thing that I've been watching is I've been catching up on H, not new HBO. But so last month I watched Hacks and I watched Starstruck, both on HBO. And so the most annoying thing is that HBO Max does not work on my TV, so I have to watch it on my computer. Oh. My my TV just like doesn't have an app for it. I could I'm sh- yes, I do not I'm not looking for tech support. I could use a Fire Stick. I could use a I could Chromecast it to there. I I'm aware. We're going to get a lot of DMs now. But I have just been watching it on my computer and once I kind of like broke the uh got over the mental barrier. I was like, yeah, this isn't so bad. So I started catching up on a lot of HBO stuff that I missed over the last couple of years. So I watched Euphoria. Have you watched that? No, actually. I um, Oh, I thought it was incredible. I've heard it's really amazing. It was really good. It was really incredible. You should watch that. Okay. So I watched that because I hadn't, I hadn't, I missed out on the cultural phenomenon. And then I also started watching Succession and I just finished the first season last night and I'm about to start the second obsessed, season. Obsessed, obsessed. I it actually took me a bit to get into. I stuck with it because of how much everyone said they're obsessed with it. And so many people are like, it's the best show on television that I was like, I must be missing something. But then by the second half of the first season, I was really into it. Yeah, the first it's it hard because everyone's slow. it starts slow and everyone is so hateable and they stay hateable. Yeah. It's not that you like turn and decide that you like them. It's just that you're like, I'm invested in the show. now. Oh, yeah. Everyone sucks. They're all bad, but it's still yeah. a great show. <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited for, I think, the third season. Whatever the newest season is, it's coming kind of soon, I think. Yeah. And then you're watching the, the White Lotus. I'm further behind on that one. Yeah. I've only watched one episode. I just, I love the cast. I love that Jake. It's so well cast. Jake Lacey is always like the sweet, charming, like perfect guy. And he is like such a dick in this. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Um, Connie Britton. Um, I'm leaving people out. It's amazing. I'm really. Well, I'm also obsessed with Sydney Sweeney, who's Connie Burton's daughter. Yes, is also in Euphoria, and I'm oh, obsessed with her from that. Okay, so there's a lot of crossover. It's just a great show. I really like that kind of like satirical sense of humor. If you like look at it at a deeper level, it's a real look at like privilege and like just how how what jerks like American travelers can be. I also like the hospitality and angle as I, you know, grew up in a restaurant. So I'm just, I really, it's probably my favorite thing on TV right now besides um, the new Gossip Girl. And obviously Lupamba, that's over. What about, did you watch Never Have I Ever? Okay. You didn't like it. I started season two and I fell asleep. Oh, I thought season two was really good. I don't know what's wrong with me because I loved the first season and season two, I I just haven't been into it. I, oh, interesting. I'm going to like I'm going to restart it because I need to start watching from the beginning because I love I loved the first season. I don't know. I fell asleep twice in the first episode. Interesting, but I think that's maybe you were having an off day because I would say that season two was not was like 
on par with it was the same humor it was like tonally very similar like it did it wasn't a departure from season one at all yeah no and i really liked the first season so i think i was just sleepy but i'm I'm gonna start watching season two at some point i'm so excited that we have so much good television right now it really is just the best we're like finally after a year and a half inside it's like you can go outside now and i'm like yeah but there's so much good tv i know i know so we've, we've caught up a lot here, and I think we're, we're getting to time. Should we get into some end matter? Yeah. Do you have an Instagram obsession? I do. I have an Instagram obsession that is a new genre of Instagram, but I'll give you a couple examples. So I've gotten very into sewing Instagram over our hiatus. So I was out to drinks with our friend Lydia a couple of weeks ago, and she was showing me this kit online to sew. It kind of looked like a nap dress, basically. It was very cute. It was like a smock dress that had like rainbow. Um, of course, it had rainbow threading something. through it. Yeah, it was like neutral, but then it had rainbow threading through it. And cute. it was like very pretty. And she was like, I really want to get this. Do you think that I could sew this? And she's never sewed before. And I was like, no, like that would not be the place to start. Yeah, smocking feels like the thing you don't start with. Well, it comes – the panel comes pre-smocked, but oh. even just the assembly of it, like, I don't think that it would be, like, a good my first sewing project. <laughs> okay. So – but anyway, she started sending me – she'd gotten really into sewing Instagram, so she started sending me sewing Instagrams, and now I've gotten really into it. And so I used to sew when I lived in Boston, and I got rid of my sewing machine. I moved my sewing machine with me cross-country to San Francisco, and then I got rid of it when I moved to New York because I didn't have a table in my first New York apartment to sew at. So I got rid of the sewing machine. And in the past like two weeks, I've been in like a mental gridlock of should I buy a new sewing machine? And I think that I probably will eventually cave and get one, but I haven't yet. But in the meantime, I've gotten very into following sewing Instagrams. Oh, I love that. Two of the many, many that I have followed. The first one is called the Instagram handle is Tilly Buttons. Um, and it's a company called Tilly and the Buttons, and they make patterns. And the patterns are very cute and, like, more modern than a lot of, like, McCall's patterns or, like, things like that. And there's a dress there. Like, their their most recent dress, which they've been promoting a lot, is if I were to start sewing, would be my first sewing project that I would make. So I'm very into that one. They also have, oh, like, a lot of tips and tutorials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it like right the, now. Like, the patterns are are much cuter and more modern than a lot of mm-hmm other ones that's interesting too because like when I the first time I started sewing not that the internet wasn't a thing but like I feel like there were less resources for this Mm -hmm. for sewing or for like hobbies or crafts like YouTube was less of a thing so I'm interested that there's like all these little e-commerce companies that have popped up for fabric and for patterns and like more tutorials and I don't know so anyway so that's one of them and then the other one is an influencer uh sewing influencer and her name, her real name is Tabitha Sewer. Is Sewer is actually her last name. Um, and she makes, she basically remakes like things that she likes. This rainbow dress is amazing. Yeah. She remakes things that are like, I think that's an Alice and Olivia dress um, that she like sees on the rack, but like can't afford. And she remakes them sewing them. And she's also plus size. So she remakes them also to like, uh, to fit her body and also like makes changes to be how she would want them. So yeah, I'm really into sewing Instagram right now. Oh, I love that. We'll see. Maybe that'll be my, my fall hobby once it gets cooler out. Maybe I'll get into sewing again. I love that. 
It's just sewing machines aren't even that expensive. Like the one I want is $175. It's more so like it's like, do I need another hobby that's going to include buying a ton of crap that I then will have to like store in my apartment? Yeah. It's like, do you want that thing that's going to take up all that space? It's not the sewing machine. It's the other stuff. Yeah. I hear that. Have you ever – did you ever sew? I did. I took sewing class when I was in middle school and I actually was kicked out for being too rowdy. Oh. <laughs> how was your sewing? Um, It was medium. It okay. wasn't great. Okay. Yeah. But I, I made leggings. I made a bag. I made a dress, I think. Um, And then I was asked not to come back. Interesting. Yeah. What's your Instagram obsession? So mine is – it's a store. It's called Tuk Bazaar, T-U-K-E-B-A-Z-A-A-R. And they just have really cool stuff. And like every time they post, I feel like I learn about a new designer that I didn't know about yet. Um, I found them because Mary Hafner and her Instagram is Mary A-H-A-F-N-E-R. She is a Dallas blogger and I th- just think she has amazing style and always finds like really cool independent designers. And she was wearing this Monica Nira dress, which I ended up buying. Um, it looks kind of like a nap dress, but it's short and um, doesn't have smocking. And then it like just led to this whole rabbit hole on this website. I want everything that they sell. I love their Instagram just because it's great style inspiration, but also like new to me brands that I didn't know about before. So it's like a fun Ooh. amount of discovery. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. What about regular obsessions? Okay. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. So I got an Apple Watch over the weekend. Oh. So I do not have a good reason why I got an Apple Watch. I – well, okay. So I I feel like I want to be more active. So I'm interested in the um, movement tracking piece of it. I was at dinner with two people on Friday night who both have Apple Watches and were like talking about how much they liked them. And I don't know. I just wanted a new toy. And I was like, do I want an Apple Watch? And I was like – I was saying to Rachel, I was like, I don't really know if I need it. And she was like, well, you can always get it and you can return it in 30 days if you decide you don't like it. Because I was like, I could see myself buying it and then like liking it for a little while and then deciding that I don't actually need it. And I mean, we're still inside of a week, so take this with a grain of salt. But I love it. I love it. So first of all, there's a couple of things that I really like about it. So the first thing is it does have the, the movement tracker with the circles you have to close. I find it really motivating. You can also challenge somebody. So I challenged Rachel and my friend Elizabeth. And I find it so fucking motivating because I would rather, like, gouge my eyes out than lose. So, like, (laughs) yesterday I went for a walk even though it was, like, 90 degrees here because I was, like, Rachel's ahead of me and, like, I need to get ahead of her. So I do find it very motivating in terms of, like, getting the, the amount of movement. The unintended thing that I have noticed is that I spend so much less time on my phone since I've had it. Because your notifications, so like if you get a text or a news news notification or anything goes to your watch, so it's much easier for me to look at it and then like I don't need to do anything instead of like getting sucked into my phone and then getting on Instagram. Because like my college friends group text probably does a volume of like 300 texts a day. I don't need to respond to all of them. Like they're not important half the time. I just need to like look at them. But then half the time, once I've picked up my phone, I forget what I'm doing and then I end up on Instagram or I end up like somewhere else. And so 
I feel like my screen time has gone like literally exhibited by the fact that I have no idea where my phone is right now. Like I've my screen time has gone down so much, which is really nice. That's great. I um I don't want I just want to be away from my phone. So it's funny. I feel like we have different mentalities there. Like the notifications on my wrist sound so stressful to me. Um, whereas I like to pick up my phone when I want to and look at it then. I mean, I would like that too, but I don't have self-control. And I also feel like I have like some kind of like fugue state where I get on my phone and I like get on, forget what I was doing and somehow end up on Instagram. That's really funny. I'm I'm curious to see once on Sunday when it's been a full week. I'm curious to see how much my screen time has been gone down. Yeah, that's interesting. I I don't want it because of the notifications. I just think it would drive me mad. But I'm really interested in the movement tracker too. But I don't know. I think you could like turn off the notifications if you didn't want them and just use yeah. it as a movement tracker. I also just like my everyday watch, so I don't want to switch it up. Yeah, but I'm into it so far more so than I expected to be. I'm excited for you. I want to do the movement tracking with something else. And you can hook it up so that it has cellular. So now I can go on a walk and not bring my phone. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like that's very nice. Because also I find that when I'm on a walk, I get sucked into my phone too. Like because Mm -hmm. it's – I'm like go to change the song and then suddenly I'm checking my emails and I'm like, this is unnecessary. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I hear that. So I'm unexpectedly – a fan of this purchase that I impulse bought for no real reason. Oh, I love that. What about you? Mine is, um, it's a flower company. It's called Grace Rose Farm and they have like the most beautiful wild roses. And I have de- seen this. I get Instagram ads for this and I have seen it so many times. They are gorgeous. Gorgeous. I have a discount code for them. It's on my blog somewhere um, on my codes page, but they reached out. They sent me the roses. Like I didn't, I didn't buy them, but I would one thousand percent buy them again next time I'm like have an event or like a reason to buy myself roses. But um, I don't know. I think wild roses are so much prettier than like traditional like long stem roses, and I don't know. They're just beautiful. They're just really, really beautiful, and they. You order them, and they come like really carefully packaged. The the um the farm is in. Uh, Santa Inez, I believe, like really close to Santa Barbara. I want to go to the farm. It just looks beautiful. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I've seen those and I'm very obsessed. Yeah. So that's what we've got for you today. We will be back to our regular content after today's catch up episode next week. And, you know, we're back on our weekly schedule. So every Wednesday from here on out, we are just taking a month break. It's not, no big changes. And, for this month, our August book club pick is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Amide. And we're going to be talking about this the last Wednesday of the month. And again, this is a YA thriller. It's not, it's scary, but it's not like, it's not a murdery thriller, really. Yeah, it's a little scary, but definitely not. It's like a psychological thriller. Yeah. Is there any triggers? I don't, I don't think so. Mm, I don't feel comfortable going on the record saying there's not. Do your research. Yeah, do your research. But it's a great book. Can't wait to discuss it. And in the meantime, a reminder that you can find us in our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper on Facebook. And that we're also on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yes. And I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And my blog is thestripe.com.
And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And friendly reminder that Showmance, which is our most recent season of Rom-Com Pods, just wrapped up in mid-July while we were off air. So if you missed it, definitely check it out. All right. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.